Welcome to this week's episode of the Third Line Podcast on the Area 51 Sports Network, bringing you all of the WHO coverage that you could ever want. Uh, today, January 1st, uh, or January 17th, 2022, is a special day because it was the WHO trade deadline. So we are going to break it down for you. This week, we have myself, Adam, we have uh, Jess, and we have Liz. So uh, Jess and Liz, how are you two doing uh, t- this evening? I'm fine. Personally, I I went into this draft or this uh, this deadline knowing basically that my team wasn't going to do much because they'd been doing it all throughout the year. So I wasn't worried. Yeah, I know Liz was. I think the M's kind of did all of their trading a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Uh, no, they've been on like a, a tear for trades like this whole season. So, but it's okay. They're like, they're good now. It's fine. I'm very happy with where they are for you. Um, yeah. And then the Winterhawks did nothing today, and I could not be more happy about it. I am over the moon that they did absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> I worked the Sharks game that started at 1, had to be at the arena at 11, uh, was terrified that someone was going to send me a message uh you know, sometime in the two to three o'clock range of just like, oh, hey, guess who got traded? Um, even though I knew it wasn't going to happen, I still had that moment of, but what if? Just to mess with me. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I, I was fantastic today. What about you, Adam? You had some giant news today, aside from, you know, some really bad giant news today. <laughs> that was unintentional. Unintentional. I didn't mean to use it as like. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, it was an okay day. So why okay. don't we? Uh, yeah, why don't we um, jump into the trade deadline then? Just glanced right over okay. what we were trying to talk about. No, okay. Well, since he's not going to brag about it, I guess we'll do it for him. Uh, our very own Adam, and I'm going to say this with all of the excitement that you could possibly imagine that I have right now, was selected for the uh, first round of the Botchford Project this year to cover a Vancouver Canucks game. Yes! And it's giant. It's going to be on uh, Canucks.com and for some reason he's being really shy about talking about it now, even though this is huge. And yeah. Ace, I'm not going to say anything. Adam, for those of us and listeners who don't really know, why don't you tell us what this project is that that you got selected for? So the Botchford Project is a project uh, in memory of uh, Jason Botchford, who was a famous uh, Vancouver sports writer who passed away a few years ago. And what it does is it offers an opportunity for people who are just getting into the a journalistic world to cover a full day of Canucks hockey. So from game day skate all the way to the actual game itself. Uh, it's run by Jeff Patterson of Sakaris and Price, uh, Thomas Drance of The Athletic, as well as the Vancouver Canucks, and Kat Botchford, who is Jason Botchford's uh, widow. Uh, so yeah, during February, I will get the opportunity to cover a Canucks game morning tonight. And then uh, write a story um, based off of player inter player coach interviews. 
Okay. I'm just really, I'm awesome. really excited for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. You didn't even tell us that you applied. <laughs> but uh, you know that Adam literally just sent us uh, that he got it with basically no context. And just See, sometimes I forget that you two aren't in the, like, you know, the Vancouver world. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, because there's a lot of, like, Excuse you, know, you. What? What do you mean, not in the Vancouver world, sir? Like, like there are certain things in the Vancouver market that are like people from Vancouver seem to know, but people outside of the Vancouver market don't seem to know. I know what the Botchford project is. I didn't know you applied for it. Oh, okay. I thought that That's you didn't. That's what I was talking know. about. Okay. Okay, I definitely didn't know what that project was because, okay. like you said, I am not part of the Canucks world. I sit in in the metro division 90 yes. percent of the time so <laughs> it, um but i definitely did know which is why when you sent it i literally like screamed and had someone ask me what the fuck happened um and then he, yeah like no i didn't know he applied like he never told us and then he just basically sent it and said like hey so this happened Anyway, uh, so that was our, our little rant of positivity for Adam. I'm very excited, if you can't tell. Uh, Adam seems to be the only one kind of chill about this, and I, it's, it's fine. It's fine. But anyway, look out for his story uh, coming in February. Anyway, now on to the trade deadline. Okay, so to break down the trade deadline, what we're going to do is we're going to throw out some of the trades that happened that didn't involve our team. And then we're going to go into the trades that did involve the teams that we cover. First one is trade between Regina and Kamloops. Kamloops gets uh, Drew Engelt, who is a 19-year-old forward. And Regina will get uh, Ty Spencer, who's a 17-year-old forward. So Regina is really trying to get those younger players, trying to get draft picks. Uh, Yes, they have Connor Bedard and they have Riker Evans, but... Uh, this is a team that, based off of the Eastern Conference, is probably going to be in that 7-8 spot, so they're building for the future. Um, the next trade we had that went down was, uh, this was not really... Now, there was talk that Josh Pillar was going to be moved, potentially. So Josh Pillar moved from the Kamloops uh, Lasers to the Saskatchewan... Uh, Saskatoon, Saskatoon Blades for a second round pick in 2024 and a third round pick in 2022. Now, this is... Due to a uh, medical situation, so... Yes. Yeah. So, we're and not really going to... Glad yeah. he's, he's back at home. Yeah, so we're not really going to dive into that much. Uh, Medicine Hat and Lethbridge did make a deal. They traded over-agers. So, Corson Hopewo, uh, he was moved from the Medicine Hat Tigers to the Lethbridge Hurricanes uh, for Logan Barleg and a fourth round pick. So those, yeah, those are just two uh, overagers moving. Uh, both teams are in the hunt right now. So this was probably just a move to, you know, reset both of these players. Um, the next move we had went down between Winnipeg and Lethbridge. 
So another move where Lethbridge is getting younger here. Uh, Chase uh, Wheatcroft, forward, uh, 19-year-old forward, went to Winnipeg along with a fifth-round pick in 2022. For Brian Edwards, a 2025 second-round pick and a 2023 fourth-round pick to Lethbridge. Um, once again, these are two pretty balanced players, So, uh, but one is obviously a little bit younger, and Winnipeg is really going for it this year. Um, so those are kind of the trades that don't really involve our team. So yeah, why don't we uh, jump up? Sorry, just really fast. Winnipeg shaping up to be like terrifying, and they were already phenomenal. So yes, and we'll stop, uh, I'd appreciate mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and we'll get into uh, Winnipeg in a little bit, actually, because they did have another <laughs> trade. But we'll start with the Spokane Chiefs <laughs> acquiring uh, Cade Hayes and a third round pick in twenty twenty two for. Cordell Larson. Hate it. Uh, going to the Moose Jaw Warriors. So, Painful. Uh, so, uh, as you can tell, Liz is not a big fan. Liz, why don't you go into this? Um. Okay, so I am a fan for Larson. Like, for his sake. Going to Moose Jaw is not a terrible thing for him. Uh, and you know, getting out of the uh, current mess that is the Spokane Chiefs is probably a breath of fresh air for him. But man, he's one of those players that want to stay. In I mean, I, I figured he wasn't going to if Spokane moved him. Like, they're not going to willingly just give someone in the U.S. division Cordell Lark. Uh, uh, but I didn't want to see him moved. Uh, I do understand it though because they're they're aiming to get a little younger. They they held on to Graham Sard, which I'm happy about. Uh, I was a little concerned as soon as I saw they traded Larson. I went and how much are we blowing this team up right now? Uh, but yeah, I'm sad to see him go. If if you can tell by my constant use of I hate it today. Um, <laughs> to be fair, the Mooster Warriors, you know, they're still middle of the pack. Uh, but you know, Spokane Chiefs are uh, bottom last of the, in the Western Conference. So uh, actually, I think they are. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I I don't. I'm very torn on this because I don't like it for me. I don't like it for the division. Uh, but you know what? Good for Cordell. Uh, he's a fantastic player, and I think he's going to do a lot for Boostraw. Um. You know, there's like I said, they're sitting middle of the pack, and I think he can help boost that for them. Anybody else? Okay, so um, Spokane did make a second move in this uh, in in the day, uh, acquiring Nick McCary and a twenty twenty five second round pick uh, for uh, Luke Toporowski. Let's call him Topor. So. Um, I can talk a little bit about Nick McCary if you want to talk about a little bit about Luke, uh, uh, Liz. I mean, yeah, it's kind of the same situation, a little bit less for me on the, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say, well, yeah, a little less for me on the leadership side. I think Topper's a fantastic player. Um, and, you know, <sighs> the Blazers are going to love him. The fans are going to love him. 
he shows up every night. He's consistently, you know, been trying to pull this team along. So, so Spokane gave up a big piece of their team, but the Blazers, you know, are moving for a run. So, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say before I get upset with the Chiefs today. <laughs> I, I will say one thing about Nick, uh, Nick McCary, and that is that he is a pain to play against. That is what I've uh, gathered from watching him, uh, you know, play against the Giants this year. Is that yeah, he is a pain to uh, play against. He, he's not afraid to get underneath the uh, other uh, team skin. You know, this is his. He's had a good year, twenty-eight points in thirty-four games. But I think that's a pretty good player for Spokane to get. He'll he'll be good for the younger players for sure. He's definitely. Uh, plays the game like he plays hard and he uh he definitely uh you know plays a physical style why don't we uh jump into um the painful part of this uh podcast so early in the day the vancouver giants acquired tom uh Cado from the regina pats for a third round pick in 2023 and a fifth round pick in 2022 now, from a Vancouver Giants perspective, it was a little bit confusing because the Giants' top six is pretty set to the point where they can't bring in a guy like Damian Palmieri into the lineup every day where he should be in the lineup every day. Um, but this is a guy who's played almost 150 WHL games. Uh, you know, he's not really a... He has 14 points in 47 games this year, but he's not really an... Uh, uh, he, or, you know, he got traded from the Tri-City Americans to the Pats and has 14 points in 47 games uh, with the Pats over the last couple of years. So he's not really an offensive player, but he is, uh, he should be a defensive shutdown. And that led to the massive trade of the Vancouver Giants trading defenseman Tanner Brown for a first round pick in 2022. Now, this trade came out of nowhere. And the fact that the Vancouver... Giants were able to get a first round pick from the Winnipeg Ice for Tanner Brown is absolutely incredible because uh, I don't know if the Winnipeg just got like if what happened with Winnipeg why it was a first round pick that went back but that is a huge win for Barkley Parnetta of the Giants Uh, Tanner Brown though losing him is going to be very tough on this Giants team because he was their probably their most consistent uh, defenseman game in and game out. You know, he played the penalty kill. He played the power play. Uh, his minutes have been uh, diminished a little bit when Alex Cotton and Evan Toth came in, but I'm sure that, you know, Liz and Jess, you can attest that Tanner Brown uh, was a pretty good defense is a pretty good defenseman in the WHL based off of, you know, when you watched him play against the, uh, against your teams. I'm trying to remember his name. It's not ringing any bells, but that doesn't. I know well. my my brain isn't working though. No, right? I mean he's he's a good defenseman. He's a good defenseman. Um, I kind of feel like for me he didn't, and this is gonna sound kind of bad, but I feel like he didn't stand out. Uh, quite at the level that you're kind of speaking him up to. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, he's not ringing any bells. But um, I mean, he has been on the Giants for, for a first round. He's pick. been on the Giants for most of the time. For looks like all of his time. Um, and considering we are, you know, the U.S. division, and we only see the Vancouver division a few times a year, it would be he would have had to have really stood out for us to like pay attention. Yeah, so you know he's not gonna like he's not gonna put up big points. He's gonna he's that shutdown defenseman, but he is he is pretty valuable. Um, okay, so why don't we jump over to the uh, should we call it the shocker of the day? Uh, yeah. One of the biggest trades in the WHL, uh, pro- the actually the biggest trade in the WHL this year. Uh, Justin Sordiff, uh, the Vancouver Giants captain this season. Uh, gets traded to the Edmonton Oil Kings for uh, a first-round pick this year, a first-round pick in 2025, and Jacob Boucher. Um, Now, it was pointed out on Twitter that the first-round pick the Giants are getting in the 2025 draft, that that kid is 11 years old right now, and that kind of threw my head through a little bit of a loop. Um, Same age as Zachary. That's crazy. Yeah, so... But Justin Sordiff, you know, like, what more... Can Giants fans say about Justin Sordiff? He had um, he was probably one of the one of the better players in franchise history. You know, he's not going to reflect that on the points. He's only I think 18th overall in points. But Florida Panthers draft pick, he had 69 goals uh, and 97 assists, so he was just short on that hundredth assist. But he's you know represented Giants at the World Juniors this year. But this is a kid mm-hmm. who's you know. Edmonton is going for it for sure. Uh, you got five players who are on that Team Canada roster now on on Edmonton, and I, I'm guessing that Sordiff is going to play on a line with uh, probably you know Jake Neighbors, maybe Dylan Gunther, and that's going to be like uh, they already have guys like Ken Gooley on that team. Like you know, it, it, it's going to that Eastern Conference Final between Winnipeg and Edmonton. That's what it's shaping up to be. Is going to be pretty fantastic. Yeah, it should be interesting. I was uh, pretty shocked, honestly, when I saw that uh, trade come through, given the caliber of player he is and the fact that he's their captain. But if Vancouver thinks he's got a better shot somewhere else, then it's good good that they let him go to one of those teams. Now, when I look at the Edmonton Oil Kings roster, it reminds me a lot of kind of like the Tampa Bay Lightning roster. Like this is a team where you got a stellar goalie in Sebastian Casa. You got Luke Prokoff and Caden Gooley, who are two of the best defensemen in the WHL right now. And then, yeah, you got Sordiff, Jake Neighbors. You got Dylan Gunther. Uh, you have a guy like Josh Williams, who is 47 points in 37 games. He's not even, uh, you know... He's not even uh, drafted. And then you got uh, Jalen Lupin and uh, Jacob Demick as well. Jacob Demick's the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, uh, prospect, while uh, Lupin is the Chicago Blackhawks prospect. And it's like, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a uh, race for sure to see who can, uh, you know, I guess which team is going to be better, Edmonton or uh, the, the Ice. 
Yeah, that one will be interesting because the they both have really solid teams and a lot of players that people know the name of already. So. Yeah, so the hope is that. Um, yeah, so like the hope is that, you know, we do get an Edmonton uh, Winnipeg Ice final. Uh, out of the West, based off of the uh, trade deadline, it probably is, you know, it's probably still Everett and uh, Kamloops who are leading the way there. Um, but it should be interesting. You know, you got teams like Victoria who are starting to heat up. Mm -hmm. uh, you got Kelowna starting to heat up a little bit. You know, Portland's doing really well. I know that uh, Liz has uh, is very excited. The fact that, you know, Portland didn't do much with their team because they're built pretty well. But it seems like while the East is a two-horse race, the West is a little bit uh, more open. Yeah, it's a, it's a stronger balance between each of the teams. There's not, like, one breakout team that you know, is going to like take over everything. I mean, if, if I had to argue, I'd say Everett is that, but only barely in the U S division. So, so uh, I'll ask you this uh, question, uh, Jess. Um, what is like, you know, out of the U S division, do you see uh, Portland uh, taking the uh, crown or do you think, do you, sorry, do you think that Portland can challenge Everett for uh, first place in the division? Yes. Are you just Absolutely. saying that because you are a uh, Portland uh, Winterhawks fan? Well, no. Um, I mean, I am a Portland Winterhawks fan. I have a giant Portland Winterhawks banner on my wall right now. Um, but no, I do believe that Portland can make a run and they can beat Everett. Um, the They just need more discipline on the ice because they've got a solid lineup both on the on the forwards and the defensemen and in net all three areas are covered well with Portland um the tandem with Giannuzzi and I don't know the new goalie's name I can't remember it um is proving is it Gautier is that how you pronounce his name yeah I don't think I'd ever heard it said, um, but the tandem with them is is going to be amazing going into this half of the season, and we're going to see it. And I think that with the defense and the forwards the way that they are, Portland has a real chance to take Everett, but they're going to need to be more disciplined. Yeah, I think um... that's where it is. Gautier is going to be a huge factor in the uh, Portland Winterhawks for sure. Like he had a great season with Prince George. He had a great career with Prince George, but you know, they had Tyler Brennan, who's what the best, I think he's the number one uh, ranked goalkeeper in North America. So it was just a matter of time. Um, but in general, do you like what, you know, like Spokane did at this deadline or what uh, Tri-City did? Leading up to the deadline. I just want to go back really fast to the uh, can can the Winterhawks take over Everett? Um, one, you're hearing it here first. Not only can they, but they will. Um, but two, you already have a goaltender who's beaten Everett what four times now this season. 
So, Everett's been on but this like, weird losing, like, Everett. like, they keep having flashes of when they were fantastic, and then they keep, like, going back to playing some weird hockey. So, when you have that, and then you have the a Portland team who has been on an absolute tear the last, like, month and a half, plus now you have... And I'm going to say, and I'm going to be honest here, what I'm going to call the strongest goalie tandem in the league right now, at the very least in the Western Conference, like, even even look, Arnold Palmer uh, more is amazing than uh, uh, Arnold but Palmer. Yes. And I'm sorry because it's probably going to piss some people off, but yes, absolutely. Also, if we're going to go with that, um, this is G-squared part two. Thank you. Just saying. <laughs> yes, Liz loves it when it's her It's not even uh, that I love it, it just same, so uh, happens that that's what they're giving me to work name, with right now. Sure. So, honest question here. You know, does Portland, in you know, all bias aside and everything, based off of actual goaltending, do you feel like uh, for the time right now, it should be Giannucci as a starter or Gauthier as a starter? In December, like until he actually falters, and I'm sorry, I'm not considering a shootout loss as faltering. Uh, it's his net, and it should be his net. Gauthier came in, and he's you know he's one two games right now uh three games two i don't i don't know anymore um three games he's looked great but as far as i'm concerned at this point it's it's a moot discussion like at this point you know it's go to his net whatever anyone says um no i'm saying at right It's not. Like could you games. see? Could no. you see a scenario where they do? No, that's you know, not how you're Mike Johnston does this. situation. Mike Johnston is a rag goalie until. <laughs> and uh, as much as I hate it, until they break. Dante Genuzzi was holding it through December. He had no backup goaltender for a minute there, and he was still killing it. Um, I just don't see. Why you'd mess with that? It's too late now. Uh, you know they've they've given the net to Gautier and all the best for him. Obviously, you know as a Winterhawks fan and as someone who covers the team, I want him to do well. I want them to win games with him in net. But uh, from my own personal standpoint, and apologies to anyone from the Winterhawks organization if you ever listen to this, please don't like think I'm being mad at you specifically. Probably. Um, but it should have been Genuzzi's net until it, it until it was just no other option. Okay, so should uh, uh that really does it for the trade deadline. You know, there weren't that many deals. Uh, I you know going into this, we were told that COVID might play an issue with this. The travel might play an issue. Uh, board especially <laughs> with the border. That could have caused that could cause some issues, you know, with teams trying to trade with, uh, you know, the five American teams. But uh, before we uh, 
wrap up here. Do uh, Jess or Liz, do you have any uh, final thoughts on the uh, trade deadline? Maybe some deals that didn't happen. Maybe some deals that did. Can I ask about the Tri City <laughs> Americans trade with uh, yeah, which one? The one from today? Let me read it really fast. Let, yes, me, let me read today. it really fast. Yes, the one today. Sorry, uh, my so brain is like. Did they make a trade today? Yes. yes. Can you not hear me? Again? Adam, yes, they did. Oh, yes, okay. they did. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you what the trade is. Uh, so the no, yeah, Colorado Rockets, uh, right before the trade deadline, uh, posted and said A and then tagged the Tri-City Americans. Not much going on in the trade front today for either of us. Want to trade a box of Smarties for a Mr. Goodbar. Uh, so the Tri-City Americans responded with throwing some cheesies and we have a deal. <laughs> and so the Kelowna Rockets responded with a trade alert photo that says Kelowna Rockets received Mr. Goodbar. Tri-City Americans received Smarties and Hawkins cheesies. Uh, so the Tri-City Americans said a steal at the trade deadline for us, and I'm sorry, but that is the biggest trade of the day. Um, yes. Seriously. But I want to ask what those Smarties are, because <laughs> so our Smarties, the M&M's. U.S. They're like the Canadian version Smarties. of M&M's. We have on the podcast. Really? We've had this conversation. We have actually had this conversation yes. before. Really? Uh, what smarties are in I have not been on uh Yes, we actually have really? had this conversation wow. before. Wow, I my okay. brain is done. Like I uh, have Yeah, ours are like, like little chalky. It. I don't remember this conversation. Chalk and sugar. All. It's literally just sugary chalk. Yes. Yes. Flavored chalk. Yeah. Basically, M- Smarties are the Canadian equivalent of M&Ms. Interesting. And then Hawkins Cheesies are the <laughs> Canadian version of Cheesies. Cheetos. Cheez-its? Yeah, it's, it's like little... Che- like, is it Cheetos or Cheez-Its? Cheetos. They make, Cheetos. They make puffed ones, too. So they, it's... They're, oh. like, they're, like the, uh, they're like the orange things that you get, yeah. that you get like, the... They literally the, make puffed the ones, cheesy too. It's the stuff same all over your hands after you like a knockoff brand. Okay, Cheetos, yeah. Cheese, yeah. cheese, cheese puffs are the that best of my my cousin or my my nephew calls them mac and cheese. Looks. Oh, let, let me send a picture in the chat really fast because like. <laughs> can I can I tell you one of the uh, one of the best stories that I've ever ever heard about um, uh, about the uh, what is it called? The Hawkins cheesies. Huh. So they uh, they d- apparently they don't work on Fridays or the weekend, Friday afternoons or the weekends, because uh, and they don't advertise as well because they're happy with working five day weeks and getting Friday early Friday off. And if they advertise, weeks? then they would have to work on the weekends. Okay. No, like instead of having the factory run, you know, seven days a week producing the cheesies and everything, they only they only run the factory Monday I mean, to Friday to afternoon because they don't them. want to work on the weekends. I fully support that. So they don't. Yeah. So they don't do any marketing or very little marketing because they're scared that if they do enough marketing, then they're going to have to open up on the weekends because there will be too much <laughs> demand for them. 
It's actually really funny. Where most companies are like, we need to do more so that we can get more money. But this company is like, you know what? No, we're good right where we are because I don't want to work on the weekends. Yeah, they're living their best life, you know. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing is what that is. More companies need to be like that. Anyway, are we done? Yeah. Is that the I end? Think, uh, that about wraps it up tomorrow? for this week, right? Because <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we were literally just talking about the trade deadline. I'm yeah, that's not. For this week. Yes. I mean, yeah, I, I think we had a plan for Wednesday for you guys, but I got but you know that, my last week works. of school. So. Wow, this was a very short. This has been a very short episode. I mean, there hasn't really been anything. Yep. Well, we'll figure that out. This may be the last episode of the week. It may not be. We'll, uh, we'll check your uh, check your Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. And if there's two episodes this week, uh, you know maybe it's just a little bit not... of a. Uh, Bonus yeah, that uh, is deadline the only coverage episode of the week. Um, I would just like to say because I know Sunny is probably listening, uh, and please don't take this the wrong way because it's supposed to be funny, and I'm pretty sure you're gonna laugh about it. But ha, ah, they did. The Winterhawks were not sellers. Ha. Ah. Uh. Okay. Well, for <laughs> the three of us, and hopefully Chris is back with us next time we record. Whenever that shall be have a fantastic night and thank you once again for listening to this week's episode of the third line podcast here on the area 51 sports network make sure to head over to area 51 sports network.com to check out the variety of shows that we have here on the network whether you're a basketball fan soccer fan hockey fan or are looking for some betting advice or into some esports. The network has it all on area51sportsnetwork.com. Also make sure to check out some of our sponsors on the website, whether that be Dr. Squatch, uh, Soap Co, Monkey Knife Fight, Habson, bet99.com, or High Stick Vodka. All of our sponsors are great. They help us, so make sure that you support them as well. Lastly, when you are on the Area51SportsNetwork.com page, make sure to head over to the WHL tab. Over on the WHL tab, you can read some of the newest articles from members of the Third Line podcast as well as other writers who are covering the WHL's BC division as well as the U.S. division. Thank you once again for listening, and we hope that you tune in again for another episode of the Third Line podcast.